Hi there, this is Alvin, and welcome to the Kickstart Commerce Podcast, where we share search marketing and domain investing strategies to help grow your business. In today's episode, we have a two-for-one special, and having none other than Nico Sandvi and Morgan Linton joining us. So first, Nico Sandvi, an analytics extraordinaire by day and a highly esteemed domain investor of CCTLDs by night. Founder and principal of Hypernames.co, a digital asset boutique connecting startups and subject matter experts with high impact, memorable domains. Next up is none other than Mr. Morgan Linton. Heavy on the Mr. Please. He is one of the most learned, generous personalities you'll ever encounter in the domain industry. A multilingual domain investor, broker, blogger, serial entrepreneur. And if that wasn't enough, he's added angel investor in the last few years. He's also the co-founder of Bold Metrics, a venture-backed SaaS company using contactless machine learning to unlock body data. But as for today's conversation, Nigel, Morgan, and I discuss the state of CCT LD investing. So we dive deep into the insightful perspectives and lessons learned about their CCTLD investing experiences. We'll talk a bit about the pros and cons of CCTLD investing and everything in between. We'll also hit upon the predictions for what's next on the horizon for CCTLDs. And last but not least, it is time to hear from both Morgan and Nichols. So gentlemen, welcome and thank you for making time to join us today. Hey, Alvin, happy Saturday. Thank you so much for, uh, for having me on the show. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Alvin. It's uh, great to be here with both of you. Certainly. So it's it, it, I've been wanting to figure out a way to get you both on. And so uh, obviously would have, have hoped uh, to have had you in single show. But hey, if we can do a two for one, I think that's all good. I think the listeners would be definitely um, appreciative of it. Yeah, yeah. This is going to be interesting. It's good. It is. It is. So to kick things off, I mean, so uh, Morgan, Nico, let's briefly share with our listeners. I mean, obviously I had an intro there, but let's share a bit of who you are, your professional and personal backgrounds. So, uh, yeah, as you mentioned, Alvin, I um, come from a background working in analytics. Um, uh, like many domainers, just kind of accidental domainer, but I think I've been focused a little bit more on domaining in the last five years or so and starting to spend a lot more time uh, recently uh, working on buying and selling domain names. So yeah, I class myself um, maybe some type of uh, welterweight or middleweight, <laughs> um, n- n- not quite um, a heavyweight, but you know, a still a beginner, um, still lots to learn. I think a little bit of experience as well. So just starting to kind of like work out my own style and just as I've kind of worked that out, starting to pick up new styles as well. Certainly. And you've been, you're talking about a, a middleweight class. I'm like, man, middleweight class. And you're almost pulling in six figures worth of income from not just .com, but .co domain sales. So, I mean, I'm like, yeah, you're more of like a heavyweight man, in my opinion. So, I mean, because mm. you figured out, you know, a way to be consistent in terms of sales. And so you can newbie this all you want to. <laughs> you are more than experienced. Um, and speaking of experience, like Morgan, little birdie has told me that you have been around so long that you had a course out called Domaining Power Course. I think free beard. That's how long ago it was. <laughs> yeah, I actually uh I keep forgetting it's still on YouTube. I actually just <laughs> found someone was saying it the other day and I thought, 
that I don't think that's still on YouTube anymore. And then I found it and I thought, what YouTube account is that connected to? And I found like an old Gmail address and logged in. It's still out there. It's like a, it looks like a 15 year old version of me. And at that time, I guess I thought it made sense to dress up for the videos. So I'm wearing like, kind of like baggy khakis and a button down shirt. There's one where I'm wearing a suit. It's pretty, it's pretty embarrassing. Uh, I'm probably gonna take them down soon, but I did those earlier on. Yeah, like Nickel, uh, I mean, I don't think I'm a heavyweight in anything. I think uh, anyone that's seen me in person will agree with that. Um, I, uh, I, I'm also still learning. I've been, I've been doing this for uh, 13 years now, but uh, yeah, probably more seriously for the last, probably in a similar boat to Nickel, probably like the last five or six years is where it's gotten um, gotten more serious. I think a lot of lessons still to learn. But uh, yeah, you know, I, I, I see things from an uh, interesting lens because, you know, most of my time is spent uh, running a software company here in San Francisco. And most of my social group is people that either uh, run software companies or work for software companies. And so, you know, most of the time when domain names come up in conversation, it's, it's from the side of a startup founder trying to name a company or trying to understand more about branding. I think that's kind of allowed me to see it through a little different lens with, with TLDs like .io and like .co. But boy, I have to say to Nichols' credit, I am like still aspiring to be as good at keeping track of data as, as, as well as Nickel does. He like sets a very high bar and every time I see him report, I'm like, ah. Oh, we do a better job of keeping track of some of this. So hats off to him there. And yeah, I'm excited to talk about this because I think it's a very, uh, very pertinent topic, especially this year. So for, for any of the listeners that are that are new to domain investing, obviously when we say CCTLD, we are talking about the country top level domains. And so oftentimes think of these as the two letter country codes. Um, and so you're likely familiar with uh, like China's being dot CN, Germany dot DE, um, United Kingdom dot UK. But then in terms of probably some of the ones that you've been hearing most about uh, at the time of this recording, which it's in 2020, has likely been .io, .co, what else, gentlemen, .gg, and then .vc. Any others? .ai. Yeah, and so you've likely been hearing a little bit about these different ones. And so, you know, for most that get started, you're likely told, hey, go to .com and just kind of stick there until you can get your sea legs. And that's probably... The, the best advice to those who are starting out is to stick with .com, get your sea legs, get a little experience under your belt before you go diving uh, head over heels into uh, CCTLD and investing. Now, I say that because there is one caveat there, because if you do actually you know live in a country that's not United States, uh, then it, it does make sense. It may make sense for you because you do understand the local market um, or markets that are there that are available to you. So one is obviously stick with .com, but then the second caveat is, hey, stick to close to home, um, something that you know about, something that you can see, touch, feel, if you will. So let's just kind of dive in here. Like it's 2020, the longest year of all years of decades, whatever you want to call this. Yet. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. It's like the 500th day of uh, Groundhog's Day. Month um, 24, yeah. <laughs> yeah, certainly. And so like what has, I guess now, what has your investing experience been like? Uh, either one of you uh, for 2020, has it been good, bad, in between, no sales, some sales? What, what has it been like this year? 
Yeah, for me, um, it's been a good year overall. It's been stronger on the brokerage side probably than it's ever been. I have more names that I'm, and on the brokerage side, when I do brokerage, I'm, I'm usually, it's like a friend of mine that raised money and wants to buy a domain. I'm not like a outward domain broker where people want to sell names, they would come to me. But uh, that's been very strong. I think that a lot of startups are starting to realize the, the value of a domain, especially in the way that the kind of digital transformation has really accelerated over the last six months. And now, you know, without a storefront or a physical location for your business, the domain name becomes that much more important. And that's been fascinating. And then, yeah, for my own domain sales, it's been good. It hasn't been like, I can't say this has been like a banner year. At the same time, I think uh, every year that goes by, I think more and more about my own strategy. And I think, Nickel, I don't want to misquote you. I said this uh, on another uh, podcast sometime ago. Nickel, you can tell me if I'm misquoting you on this. But here was the general gist of something I heard you say that I was like, oh, that's so spot on. And it was in response to someone talking about like cash flow in the domain business and saying, you know, if it's not something that you require for your full-time income, you're, you're better off like, not necessarily trying to like optimize for monthly cash flow, but optimize for getting the best return. Is that kind of similar, Nickel? Do you, do you want to maybe correct the <laughs> uh, correct the quote I'm trying to quote you on? <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think I, I it, it often comes back to as well. Um, you know, when people ask you for advice, and then I always try and connect it back to okay, well, where's your life at right now? Like, what are you trying to optimize against? Are you trying to optimize against cash flow? Are you trying to optimize against extracting maximum value out of an asset and you don't need um, access to that capital? So I think a lot of the time that strategy um, depends on, you know, do you need the money or not? And um, I think then even I've seen my own domaining style adjust over the years, depending on as and where. Well, I, I, I actually, I can't remember the quote, Morgan, but it was probably wrong, whatever I said. Anyway. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it's um, definitely one of those things where domaining is so awesome in the sense that you can cut it so many different ways. There's so many different ways to kind of make an income. I think CCTLDs are a natural part of that story, but there's so many different cool ways to make money in domaining that there's almost like it's like kung fu there's no one style right there's like yeah. Yeah. so many so many different fighting styles but uh, each one has its own trade-offs its own benefits and detriment yeah i mean that's what i like is that it's so unique to the person right so for me i find like account like i usually have a goal that's usually just a number of like here's what i'd like to hit for the year and once i'm on track or i've hit that or i've exceeded that i usually find that i i turn down you know 95% of the offers on my names then, because then I can really change my pricing to something that, all right, well now if I had, and I'll just give you an example for some of my .io names that were priced in the say 10 to $15,000 range. This summer, I kind of hit a point where I was pretty happy with how I'd done for the year. And I took all of those and priced them up in the 25,000 plus range, knowing that like probably not going to sell any of those as a result of that. Um, maybe I'll sell one, but that's okay. And I think that's where, yeah, you have to look at, you know, if you were, you know, I've never been a full-time domain investor and I've been asked it before, and I, I don't think it would be something I would want to do because I love building products and building software and stuff. But if I had to rely on it for my cash flow, it would be different. I do think, yeah, everyone has to have this goal. And so for me, it's interesting because it's been, yeah, probably not a great year for sales for me, 
but maybe by design, and then an exceptionally good year for brokerage and probably by happenstance. <laughs> that is awesome. Well, now that's interesting, Morgan. So not a full-time domain investor. So, I mean, let's let's break this down a bit. So how is it then that you're, obviously you've been in the industry for quite some time. So a bit of this is, hey, time's on your side. You've been around, you're a well-known investor within the industry. And so like, what does it mean to be a part-time investor to you? Like, what does that look like for you on a daily, weekly, yeah. monthly basis? For me, it's I, I think it's the same thing as anyone who invests in the, the stock market or real estate. I think I put the same amount of time in domain investing that anyone I know that does anything with the stock market or real estate does. I usually do nothing during the weekdays, maybe five or 10 minutes here or there, but usually nothing. I usually don't do anything related to it. And then I do like a few hours on the Sunday. But I've always said, I don't even consider myself like a part-time domain investor. There was a time when I put a lot more time in, and maybe that's why that's changed for me. There was a time where I was putting in like three or four hours a day, probably for the first five years when I was getting started. And then that's, that's changed. And, and, you know, some of that has to do with an augmentation of, of strategy. Like I've, I've been a fan also kind of in our own business with, with bold metrics of, of enterprise sales and focusing on putting more time into less but bigger net revenue deals and into recurring deals and things like that than trying to get lots of little deals. And so that also means that it doesn't necessarily require as much time. It's really more about like making sure you're getting involved in the right deals or on the domain side, like making sure if I make a purchase, like I may not buy a ton of names, but I put a little more research in when I do. That's a lot of times what I'm doing on those like Sundays is like researching and figuring out one or two names I want to buy. But, you know, there's those two sides to domain investing, right? One is have thousands and thousands of names and you can have better cash flow with that, but it's more to manage. The other is have hundreds of names and maybe you're putting more time in on the research side. But the, there's no doubt about it. Anyone that does go full time will make more money, like without a shadow of a doubt. Uh, the question is, will you make more money than you would doing the other things that you're doing, and will you get the enjoyment out of that? And the answer for me to both of those questions is no. So, Nigel, now I guess are you are you full time, part time? Uh, so I'm full time at the moment. Um, okay. But again, yeah, it's not 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 by um, not by choice or design. So over over the last couple of years, um, I've been on and off full time, part time. Um, and that's about I've wanted to spend more time with the kids whilst they're young. So I've allowed basic domains has acted as this kind of like um, vehicle of investment over time. And then uh, we've utilized it at various points. So, you know, the first time that we utilized the capital from the business uh, was when we wanted to buy a place. And the second time was when we actually said, all right, well, now's the time to not work so much and spend more time with family. So for me, other than those types of two things I've allowed the capital to stay in the business and keep compounding because I think that's the primary force that drives all of kind of like the size of the pot forward so I've been full-time I think since kind of um, March-ish because a lot of my work as a freelancer and contractor a lot of work dried up very quickly Um, and I I normally work on quite high-risk projects so I'm making up these projects, I'm pitching them to businesses and saying, hey, look, this is what I think we should be doing. But at the same time, because they're such kind of greenfield, blue sky projects, <laughs> uh, they're normally the first ones to go as well because they, they're very experimental in nature and they normally take companies in directions that 
are new direction. So they're not business as usual type uh, data data strategies. Yeah, since um, March, a little bit more full time. And exactly as you said, Morgan, I shifted my style around that time. Um, so as soon as I kind of go into that full time domaining mode, I shift up strategy and I just start um, moving stock much faster. So uh, when I look at my, if when I look at my average um, order price and I look at it over time, you can pretty much spot the times when I'm full time and spot the times when I don't need the cash flow. Um, And again, I look back at my language that I use in negotiations and I realize that when I am a full time domainer, I'm in a much weaker position because the language I use tends to be softer because I want to close the sale. Mm-hmm. And at the times that I didn't need the money, I command the highest prices and um, I get the higher average order prices. But so it's partly by design. I'm trying to break out of that mentality that like and structure the portfolio in a way rather so that certain parts of the portfolio lean more towards long term hold. Other parts of it are driven more towards uh, driving cash and then um, also having some type of pattern within that so that the part that is driving the cash when I don't need it for living expenses will actually push money upstream into those more valuable domains that uh, you want to hold for a longer period of time. But yeah, all all of my best sales have been definitely either I didn't want to sell the domain. That's that's just been the the best driver of uh, value, extracting the right value out of it is not wanting to get rid of it. And um, the other time has just been not caring about whether you lose the sale or not. So I think once you actually start to care about making the sale, even subconsciously, the kind of prices that come out, uh, the kind of sale prices that you achieve are quite different because just uh, in the back of your head, you always want to close the sale. So the words you choose, the actions you take, the kind of the way you might approach, especially negotiations, it just completely shifts. So yeah, in in terms of this year, I've definitely done a higher volume of sales than any other year. But again, looking back at the average order price, it's come down versus previous years. And I'm pretty sure we'll probably get a good names con. I mean names con names pros post about these uh, analytics. And if you if you um, haven't seen any of any of Nico's work, like like Morgan was saying, uh, it puts all of us to shame. Um, it's, it's, it's one of those, Hey, pull up a chair, get out a notebook, start to write down notes and, uh, watch your own game, watch your own, uh, intellect IQ be challenged and upgraded. Uh-huh. Um, it's, it, it, it is really amazing. And man, and let me thank you, you know, publicly, you know, just on, on behalf of just domain investors, because, you know, sharing oftentimes this industry and Hey, I get it. Like no one really wants competition. When they find a thing that's working, everybody just kind of wants to say to themselves, but I appreciate just how open you've been um, with what you're doing. Yeah, thanks, Alvin. Um, yeah, I second that for sure. I learned so much from, from every time you post. I'm like, oh, yes, a nickel post. Uh, uh, <laughs> that's great too. That, that's definitely, it's, it's, the, um, it's the cherry on the cake for me. And I think I, I may have said it before, but um, I actually, I've got very selfish reasons for writing those posts up as well, because I learn a lot. Um, I'm, I'm forced to keep track of that data because I know I want an end of year review. Um, and then I think the easiest person to lie to is normally yourself. So it keeps me, it keeps me in check, right? I come back to it and I look at the numbers and I'm like, oh, hey, in my head throughout the year, I thought it was going this way. But then actually you can spot and see different things and you end up realizing that sometimes you tell yourself a different narrative compared to what's actually in the numbers. So for me, it acts as uh, every year, it's a point of review and a point of learning. Good point, actually. I mean, I think 
what Nicole brings up is also something that, that I think all of us have talked about for a long time. You know, the domain investing can lead you into like the gambler's mindset or the gambler's philosophy, right? Where you have, you know, you buy a bunch of domain names and none of them sell and you draw and then like you have one big sale and you talk about that and you get a bunch of accolades for that. But then you don't go back at the end of the year and do the math uh, on it. And while I don't keep nearly as good track as Nickel does on a per name level, my, my accountant keeps track of everything on the revenue standpoint. And there's like some key metrics that I track throughout the year. So like the first one is like, when have I made profit when I take the price a name sells for minus what I paid for it? When have I made more than my year of renewals on right. that? Because that's when I know, okay, I'm, I'm profitable on my portfolio. Right. And then I look at like profit targets above that. And then I look at balancing it with um, brokerage. The nice thing with brokerage is that I do like about it is that I don't have to sell one of my own names. I don't lose any inventory. And then for me, it's always, yeah, how much can I take out of that profit and invest it back in? Um, and the last few years, it's been, you know, very high. It's been, you know, uh, a, a majority of the money goes back into new investments, which, which feels really good. And then it's looking at, okay, how is the, you know, and this kind of dovetails into what we're talking about here, you know, how has the market changed? I think that like you said, Alvin, for me, my, my bread and butter has always been tour.coms. I'm like a, sometimes people are like, oh, Morgan goes into these wild and crazy tildes, but like anyone that has been reading my blog for years knows like tour.coms, like that's what I'm all about. That's my focus. Most of my investment dollars still go into those. But then I'm very, very curious. You know, I believe the really unique thing about the domain industry is that you can never say that you missed the boat. You can right. never say like, oh, Rick and those guys in the 90s, like they got lucky. And it's like, yeah, but you can too, because like when when Rick and all these guys were buying names, then they were taking huge risks, bigger risks than we are actually. Like nobody knew if the internet or the World Wide Web would take off, and they bought all of these domains. And so now you look at that, and it's like all oh, the good.coms are taken. It's like, yeah, but like I started buying .io names six years ago, and I was buying them for ninety nine bucks each, and I'm super happy with my portfolio uh, now. And like that was an opportunity, and like. .ai, .ml, .gg, some of these other ones, they're there and there's some stuff that, that people aren't talking about or don't know about that you can still get in at the ground floor, but you have to do the same thing then, right? You have to take that risk that Rick and everybody had to take and maybe 10 years later, people will go, oh, that was so unfair. They got in the .ais when they were first popular. And it's like, yeah, but that's what makes this unique, right? Which I don't think that really exists too much in the stock market or the real estate investing space. Yep. Um, unless you're starting with a lot of capital or you have some unfair right. advantage, you're investing through hedge funds. Otherwise, that's a much more even playing field. The domain investing space is not an even playing field. You can take big risks. Um, and that means that, you know, if you do pay attention to trends and how things are changing, you have unique opportunities that very few other people are necessarily going to um, uh, take advantage of. Right. And speaking of like paying attention to trends. So obviously you both, uh, you know, kind of mentioned in terms of what you're investing in or the, at least the TLDs that you're investing in. So like what are, you know, looking at your portfolio sizes, like how big are both of your portfolios? I'm at about, uh, I think, around 2000 domains at the moment. Um, but I'd say more than half of that is uh, domains that I would have picked up within the last year and wouldn't get renewed. 
Um, so the core part of my portfolio is probably around half of that, about a thousand domains. And yeah, as, as a kind of composition of the the whole lot, I'd say about 90% are .co domains. So yeah, that that's that's something I'm working on, <laughs> um, which is just yeah, I I feel that um, that kind of like burden of being over-indexed in something. Um, so yeah, that that's kind of something again I'll be trying to work towards. Now, how long have you been, I guess, investing in 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 the uh, .co extension? Um, so I think I started um, probably around 2015-ish. Um, okay. Uh, maybe, yeah, I think probably the first one I bought is around that time. Um, so I'd missed the initial um, 2010, I think it was the kind of right. um, sunrise and um, the land rush, the initial land rush. And I'd come to it a little bit later, but... Um, I think like Morgan had said, you know, um, at the time I was working with a couple of startups, trying my own thing. I was in a kind of office space, shared office space with loads of other startups. So I started to get some visibility. Okay, um, there is a whole bunch of companies using different extensions, .io, .co. So I started to get, even though everything I'd mostly been buying and selling before that was .com and .co.uk, I started to get pulled towards a little bit more towards, um, you know, the CCTLDs. Because just seeing them, I think when going to buy them, uh, or when even you're start, you're thinking about uh, a domain name as a founder, or you're saying, okay, well, there's got to be a trade-off somewhere, okay? It's kind of like uh, either, it, it always comes down to price and budget, but the trade-off is either on the left of the dot or the right of the dot. If you're kind of fixing against a budget, if you really want to have .com, the trade-off occurs in the SLD. And um, if you're really fixed on a particular brand or you're really fixed on a particular word, it's easier to then sometimes make that trade-off in the extensions of the TLD. Um, and I, I just watched a lot of startup founders prefer a shorter, tighter SLD and uh, decide to make that trade-off in the uh, with the CCTLD rather than having the .com. Um, just because, I mean, in some of these kind of tech um, startup places, you see the tables and chairs and you see like, you know, this is like real budget startup. So the kind of notion that every single business has like six figures to spend on a one word .com, you quickly learn when you're immersed in that kind of culture and that environment and around people that are starting things, pivoting, dropping things, dumping things, trying three or four things at the same time um, very early on. I think they just have a specific budget range um, and it's normally sub 5k. And I think that's definitely where I started to focus a little bit more around that time. Man of metrics, data, ah, <laughs> using it to his advantage. And so, so then roughly you're, you're made up of uh, 90% CEO. Um, and, and to a certain extent, I mean, you've had a very good run. I mean, let's say, what are we looking at? Five-year period now. Yep. And so you're starting to, you're certainly not even just starting to have been trending um, in profitability. And so now you mentioned something though uh, about, um, I guess, feeling the the burden of that 90% .co. Like explain a little bit about that. I think all my largest sales of sales have been in .com um, and uh, uh, and those are like that, five, six figure sales or? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Dot co has been more of a, like a, um, it's a cash generator. And I think when we're thinking about 
the pros and cons of where you start when you're a domainer with $10,000 to start with and um, or even more or less. Um, one of the things I always uh, look for is like, where is there less competition? And I was watching huge domains and all of the auction frenzies in .com. <laughs> and I'm like, well, here's the gold rush. You know, there's loads of people with picks and shovels. There's people selling picks and shovels. There's carnage. Um, if I focus away from gold, how can I mine bronze and copper in peace and quiet and just <laughs> chip away? But then, you know, maybe I don't make as much maybe what I'm trying to do. Uh, I don't mind being the ugly kid. You know, I don't mind not looking cool whilst making money. But And I don't also mind if it's less money, but I can repeat it again and again um, in kind of peace and quiet. So I think that peace and quiet has probably kind of gone in .co and .io land right now. But around that time, yeah, there was a lot less um, eyes on CCTLDs. But I, I want to shift away. I want to balance better. And I think that's just about being a better investor in the sense that investing is about risk, managing risk and reward. And then when I consider a couple of years back, the changes that happened with the .co introducing the premium tiers, um, the acquisition of the .co registry, and then Newstar moving into GoDaddy. And actually, you realize that actually uh, on one particular uh, extension, you're exposed to a whole bunch of risks that, right. you know, maybe, maybe, uh, renewals could change or maybe prices could change or maybe actually .co could fall out of favour and a whole bunch of other, a wave of another CCTLDs become more popular. So for me, balancing back to .com, uh, a little bit more .com is that I might have lower ROI per sale or I might not necessarily be able to generate the same type of cash flow. But as a whole on the portfolio, it would make the general portfolio more stable or that kind of capital going into that, it would give it a bit more safety. Yeah. And that's, and that's one of the thing. I mean, I think the, the one thing to key in on there, certainly there are many things to key in on, but the, the re uh, the manage of the risk and reward, that is one of the things that you certainly have to keep an eye on. And it's going to look different for everybody because our portfolios aren't identical. Um, they have, you know, commonalities, similarities here or there, but for the most part, they are their own unique portfolio um, with variations of risk, varying limits of, of uh, risk. So, so no, I think that, I think that that's great, Nickel. And then Morgan, coming back to you, like, I guess now juxtaposed to Nickel, I'm assuming you have 90% in .co as well. I don't, you mean .com? Not that's <laughs> <No. laughs> He's I don't like, have wait. .com either, actually. He's um, like, uh, no, <laughs> I'm not, I haven't touched .co. I don't want to compete with Nickel. I'm trying to, <laughs> I'm a nice guy. Uh, let's see. I've got about 450 names right now, probably. I've had, at times, I got up to around 1,000 and then realized I just didn't have time to, to manage that many and wanted to reduce it. And, and also, I had, uh, you know, I think in the beginning, you pick up a lot of junk, and then you think you figured it out, and then you buy more, and then you realize, like, oops, nope, didn't figure it out. And then you, like, you keep thinking you figured it out, and then, like, maybe at some point, you finally hit a point where you're like, all right, I'm going to really make sure, like, everything I buy, I believe in. And that also, I think, means um, bringing up your, your purchase price. I think can somewhat um, protect you from some of those risks. Like mm. I used to buy in like $50 range. I'm like trying to find really good deals in the $50 range. Uh, you know, talking about the risk reward, 
you're just going to take bigger risks on those. Yes, you can have a bigger ROI if you're looking at it as a multiple of the purchase price, but your time to hold and the amount of scrutiny you'll have to give it, you know, at the end of every year, like, yeah, do I want to renew this? It uh, gets a little more complex. So, I mean, I think I'll probably hover around 500 for a long time, unless I were to go full time. And then I probably would go up higher because I'd have more time to manage. It's really also a function of time. And I'm probably, I actually have a spreadsheet of stuff on it. I just think I could pull it <laughs> up, but I realize I don't have it like organized by TLD. But I would guess I'm like, right now, I'm probably 75, 80%.com. And then the rest is uh, pretty IO heavy. I do have some .co's. I do like .co a lot. Uh, my most recent sale was a .co. Uh, that was I a great like, sale. Thank you. Yeah, well, you know, I've been holding out for a lot more. I was, I was interested, to, curious to know what you thought of that uh, of that sale because I've had the name for a long time. Are you talking about Blitz.co? Yeah. Oh um, no, actually, I was talking about. Um, I think it was. Okay, yeah. this sale I'm kind of disappointed. Yeah, I, was, I was actually going to bounce it off of you, Nick. <laughs> what do you think? And I think you'll be like, "Ah, hey, you left my <laughs> No, I think I'm. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking about. Um, what, what I think it, pack- which one? Um, I think it might be the one before that. Um, okay. Yeah. Sorry. Well, I was. Uh, well, uh, the example I was giving was a name uh, Blitz.co that I've had for like five years, and I I thought that could be like a 10k, 15k name, and I've had offers nothing ever in that range, and then I finally, you know, kind of like you were saying earlier, Nicole, like you kind of sort your portfolio. I do try to figure out like other names in my portfolio that like, okay, I'm okay cash from them if I get an offer. Cause like, I'm not getting that many high offers on it. And like, that's just a name. I, I had some people two years ago, I had someone that like said they could do 15,000 and like, nah, I can do 7,500 and like it fizzled out. And it was, I don't think it was like a real offer. And then all my real offers were like $1,500 range. And I was like, nah, I don't want to sell for that though. And then I got an offer for 2,400 and took it. I feel like I probably left money on the table, but then it was like one of those that just fell into that category of like probably time to turn the convert the name into cash. One thing I try to do though is I try to like when I sell a name, put back into that category of name. So like I think I bought that name for like a hundred bucks or something, something where my ROI is great, but the total dollar amount's not crazy. But now like when I look at that, I'm like, okay, well, I want to put like at least say $500 into new.co names. And then probably the rest will go into tour.coms. But then it's like, cool, if I can spend 250 each or maybe 500 on one and end up with a .co name that sells for 4,500 or 7,500, all right, that's, there's a benefit there. But yeah, mostly, mostly tour.coms and then otherwise balanced io.co. And then um, I do have, I started buying .vcs uh, last year before it was cool because <laughs> um, I knew a lot of VCs that were getting them. And then there was like a huge flurry after NamesCon on .VCs. There was an opportunity for anyone in, that was sitting around in Q4 of last year to hand register some, some great .VC names that are, that are definitely proving out to be worth about 5K. You know, as for are we going to see stuff in the VC space go above that, there's certainly not data to support it. If somebody starts doing it repeatedly, then we'll see. And this is what I like about Nickel, what you're doing is like, you're able to show, okay, repeatedly, what are these price points? Because going back to this whole kind of gambler's fallacy, you know, the challenge is you see a $50,000.io sale, you see a $50,000.co sale, and then you buy a bunch of names and you price them in that range, and then you sell nothing and you think, what the heck? 
when really if you look at the data, it's like, oh wait, here's the sweet spot for these names. And so yeah, being realistic about that um, is important. You know, I know some somebody's out there probably thinking like, how many CCTLDs are we talking about that we actually have, I guess you'd say, uh, that are open or available to being registered? Um, and, and so it did beg the question, and it made me actually wonder, like, how many CCTLDs are there? Um, good questions. And so I, mean, I actually I found out oh, that, good, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that it is 312 CCTLDs. Oh, okay. um, and so it, it was interesting, but it made me, once I figured that part out, it was like 312, and then I guess out of the the top 10 is something like 450 million that are registered, mm-hmm. um, just names that are registered. Now, not all of those names um, are domain investors, so you got to imagine that there's business. This is like just all registrations across like the top 10 CCTLDs with .cn leading the way with like 100, just a little over 100 million. Mm-hmm. Um, that are registered, but it made me think in terms of or in regards of the 312, like when I started thinking about you both, I said, well, you know, like when and where did you become aware of CCTLDs and that there was a possibility of, you know, actually investing in it? Like what was that moment for each of you? Yeah, I think from reading Morgan's um blog posts as well i've learned a lot about a whole bunch of cctlds from there as well morgan and um, i think one of the things you said is not just when you start to see startups using these cctlds but you mentioned at a certain volume of raising capital and Mm -hmm. where these startups collectively within you might see a you know 10 20 30 startups and their collective value might be a hundred million dollars and if they're all utilizing those CCTLDs, I think what I'm always looking for, even if I'm investing in a particular extension, is is there real world usage? Yeah. Um, and then is that usage in a space whereby there's capital flowing within that industry, there's companies entering and there's also companies within it which are looking to upgrade domains or change domains or switch brands. So I think when I started to see um, uh, a whole load of businesses using .co and angel.co and a whole bunch of others where you're like, oh, actually, okay, so this is not just, you know, really small-end startups. These are startups, some of them which are actually raising capital, same with .io. Um, it gives you more confidence to say, okay, these are more worthy of investment-grade type assets, not just um, really high risk. Um, and, and again, even on the high risk ones, it's still worth investing. It's still worth spreading some capital across, say, .bc.gg. And those are probably on the safer end. But I, I'm also trying to explore, okay, well, which CCTLDs are at the lower end of that, where actually maybe there's not 100 million across 20, 30 companies. There's probably only 10 million or 20 million. But where can they possibly emerge? And that's again, goes back to that risk reward where if you spread five or 10K across a bunch of these CCTLDs, you're looking for the ones that take off and maybe some don't and some do. I think it was probably around 2012, 13, 14, 15, I just started to see more and more companies break away from .co.uk in the UK, but also break away from .com because they were like, you know, the, these words that we want or the SLD that we want, we just can't afford it, but we can if we trim the M off the end of the TLD. And it, it, it sounds crazy, but that was just the decision that startups started to make. Um, 
And I think .co was very heavily branded towards startups and that's kind of space. So there was a natural fit there. But yeah, I think that was around the time. Gotcha. And Morgan, for you, when did you realize that, you know, Uh, CCTLD was a thing and that you could actually have success doing it? Yeah, it's interesting. I'm trying to remember back. And, you know, one thing I think it's important to point out is, you know, there's really a bifurcation of the CCTLD market. You know, what what Nickel and I invest in is really CCTLDs repurposed as UTLDs. There is a whole other side of this that I actually don't think either of us know that much about, but I, I do know people that are in it that make a lot of money, which is like, CCTLDs for countries, kind of like you said in the beginning, Alvin, hey, if you live outside of the US, you know, I know some people that live in Europe that buy a CCTLD for the country that they are in that make a lot of money with that. I don't know enough about the space, about the language and stuff a lot of times to enter those markets. But it's interesting because I always wonder, like, should we call it CCTLD investing <laughs> right. or, or not? Because like CCTL, it's really a repurposed CCTLD. But I think for me, what really... Um, kind of made the light bulb go off was uh, uh, when I went to traffic 2010, which is kind of a, a seminal moment for me in a lot of ways. I've talked about that show a lot just because just the community there and uh, the timing of it all was very special. But that was the year that Juan Calle and Lorianne Wardy were there um, announcing Dr. Right. And I actually got connected up with them and I went out to dinner with Juan and Lori and a few of the people, it was a pretty small group, like the night that they essentially announced .co to the world. And I heard both Juan and Lori talking about it and talking about how there is a shift that's happening and there is a change uh, where startups, you know, in the past, we go, oh, if I can't get the .com, I'll get the .net. And now they believe that there is a habit change that can happen. But they say, oh, if I don't want the .com, I'll get the .co. Um, and .co is the first CCGLD that I uh, invested in. And then, you know, just like Nichols said, it's, it really comes down to use, right? It's like the other ones, you, you can be early without taking like the world's biggest risk, because if there's, you know, a few startups that have raised tens of millions of dollars on that TLD, you're de-risking it a lot. If you're trying to bet on it before anyone has ever uh, branded on it, that's a much bigger risk. But like one that I, I've talked about quite a bit that I don't, I'm not trying to like drive registrations for them or have people, <laughs> I don't think it's a great. Uh, Morgan's like, don't go out and buy this. I'm just giving yeah, you. They're hard to buy actually. But um, I didn't even know it existed is .ml. I don't even know what country actually it's. Um, ML. It's related to. But uh, I, I was talking to a, a VC that I know that I've helped with some some deal flow stuff. And he was asking me about this company that was at TechCrunch Disrupt. And um, they had a .ml name and they had raised about $7 million and they were raising a Series A and they're looking at raising like a $15 million Series A round. And I went, weird, they're on a .ml name. He goes, oh yeah, because they're a machine learning company. I was like, oh, makes sense to the VCs. <laughs> and huh, like AI is a hot term, ML is a hot term. And so then I went to GoDaddy to go register it and I realized, can't register it. I went, okay. So then I went to one-on-one domain because that's kind of like, if I can't register it at, at a GoDaddy or a regular register, then I'm, I'm usually going to need to go to one-on-one domain. And I registered about a thousand bucks worth of names that I was able to hand register with great strings. And I was like, wow, okay. Was assuming like I'll, I'll lose all the money on it because uh, I've never had an offer on one, nor I'd be very surprised if I sell one. But uh, <laughs> half of the ones that I registered, I got an error message back like a couple hours later saying like, 
sorry, there was an error. Like these aren't, these weren't actually available. There was like a bug in the API feed or something. And they refunded me half of my money and I only got half of the names. And since then, as I bought them, I found it's very quirky. And that to me <laughs> is also very exciting because that is kind of what I look for is something where it's like, can't register it on the main team registrar yet. There's maybe a little bit of activity with startups that VCs like that are raising money on it, but it's a little harder to get at and there's no sales data whatsoever. Uh, but you have to be then prepared with something like that to like never sell any ever for anything, right? Because yeah. <laughs> I don't know and there's no data to back it up. Um, <laughs> but that's, 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 I think, what makes CCTLD investing exciting for me. Once again, it's on that other side of the market where I'm not, I don't even know the country it's associated with. I like it because it could stand for machine learning. That's interesting. And the country that it's associated yeah, with is, it, is, is it, Mali. So Mali. officially, the Republic of Mali is a landlocked country in West yeah. Africa. Mali is the eighth largest country in Africa. Yeah. Um, the population of Mali is 19.1 million. 67% of its population uh, was estimated to be under the age of 25, and that was in 2017. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So that's that's interesting. But you hit on a great point, though, Morgan. It's not even thinking in terms. Yes, there is a lens in terms of thinking of that specific country. Right. But it's the repurpose um, yes. because yes. I never would have thought about a dot ML. Well, as soon as you said it, I was like, dot ML. The only thing that even came close to registering to me was dot NL, which is like the Netherlands. Sure. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah, but yeah. I was just like was a good CCTLD, actually, for industry. Yeah. And I'm like, what? ML. But when you said machine learning, it automatically clicked for me. I was like, ah, yes, 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 yes. And so, I mean, that's, that's, but that's been the same thing with uh, dot AI yes. um, and yeah. dot IO, which, so let, let's talk about that for a minute. Dot IO. So is that really input output? Like, what is, well, I mean, what, it's is, what, what how more, people right? define that's it? That's Indian Ocean, but, uh, uh, it, that's what that's what startups see it as, and it really was seen as uh, very early on the alternative.com if you were doing something that was developer-facing. That's mm. how it started. So for um, APIs or enterprise SaaS products that were focused on uh, developers. And I saw a friend of mine, Kyle Wiles, started a company called Keen uh, that raised about $32 million, did on Keen.io. And it was interesting because kind of through his experience, I saw he had some phenomenal investors come on board. They didn't care if he was on a .io. And there was a lot, a lot of other examples of, of, of startups that started on .io and the investors did not care at all. Um, right. Keen was also the first .io I saw. Uh, oh, really? Cool. Uh, yeah, and uh, okay. it, it just started, um, we just, I was working with a client, just started using the tool. Cool. And yes. uh, uh, again, they were kind of very ahead of their time in terms of, what the tool could do. And uh, yeah. I think, uh, again, it was so interesting. It was like, well, hold on, keen.io, okay. And uh, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I'll see, yeah so it's great you need yeah, the Kyle guys. Kyle's a buddy of mine. He lives, he lives here in the Bay Area. Cool. Um, and so, yeah, you know, they they were one of the one of the earlier ones to go out and raise tens of millions of dollars from big name VCs on that. And, and they really did it. And a lot of people at that time did it because for developers, IO is, is meaningful. And it really started to get a like a center of mass where developers were like, cool, this is like an extension for us. Uh, that's how it started. Now there's so many companies on it. 
that I right. think that it's pretty clearly now seen as a, a TLD for startups and innovation. But at that time, it was that. And so now it's become even more generic, not dev-centric. Um, I think .dev, even though it's still early for that, well, which is one of Google's strengths, uh, I think that is, is actually already doing very well with developers and continue to do well. Um, and then there's there's other strings now that I think tech startups are embracing, like .tech from Radix, which has done phenomenally well, because you're starting to see a change in the way that people see domain names. You know, we can easily forget that we are still in the very, very early days of domain investing. Like this is still the time where it's like, you know, people are like, wow, how did you buy land? And actually this is like Alvin, like think of Austin, right? Like oh, man. I could, I could go, I could go buy, buy something in downtown Austin in the warehouse district where I lived when I was there 10 years ago for probably a 10th of what it is now. Totally. And, totally. and no one would even care about the land. They're like, why would you want to live here? There's nothing here. I'm like, well, I think in the future, this could, we're in that, we're still in very ground floor with the, with the domain investing space. And so I think that we are seeing some really promising things as far as consumer behavior around looking at what comes after the dot to provide context around what that company does. That makes perfect sense. And so, you know, thinking about some of these, knowing that we have 312 options on the table, like what are some of the top options right now, just in terms of 2020, maybe even looking forward, like what are some of the options in terms of if we say, hey, these are the top 10 options that you may not that anybody needs to go out and start throwing major money at any of these extensions, but these are some extensions to go research and consider. Like what would those um, extensions be? So I guess um, the kind of position of .co and .io is reflected in the market prices. Like Morgan said, those are pretty safe bets. Um, GG, VC, although kind of there's been domainers who've um, been buying those and Morgan's been writing about them for some time. There's been a bit more of a rush, I think, this year as more and more <laughs> sales were released into that space. As Morgan mentions, those niche-specific like... Um, uh, .ml, .ai, you get a feel for what the company does, .ag, I think I've seen getting used for agriculture. Uh -huh. um, and then I've seen .so, and uh, again, SO is probably, I'm in a similar place to Morgan with .so domains where I was like starting to see some startups using them as a Somali extension. And I've made a sale, but it all went horribly wrong when we tried to transfer the domain. Uh, and that's, again, one of the quirks of um, when you actually try and get in too early and the infrastructure is not built around it, we tried to transfer it to uh, on a sale. It was, it was, I guess, a decent price. Um, uh, but when we tried to move the domain to the registrar that the buyer wanted to use and they said, no, we don't support this extension, and then it all starts to fall apart and it gets a bit messy. So I think, yeah, that that's a kind of um, a major caveat of a lot of these kind of the CCTLDs that accelerate on the low end is almost the infrastructure is not there for them. The awareness is not there for them. They're getting picked up and they're getting used because they are also at the low end. So as .com accelerates, as .co and .io accelerate, there is room being made underneath them. But that room being made also doesn't necessarily mean that buyers are willing to pay uh, the types of prices that would you would need to sell at for um, a domainer to make money on those, which is the other tricky thing, which is, some of these CCTLDs are not kind of cheap to buy and renew. Mm -hmm. um, they're, they're not necessarily priced like .coms. 
and that I think always poses a challenge. But where where the way I've approached it is either to say it's a very exploratory kind of um, I'm testing new water on some of these CCTLDs, but when I get asked, you know, how do you manage .co renewals? Uh, I remember someone telling me about this wartime joke where in the newspaper there was an ad and it said, you know, um, send us like, uh, you know, some money and we'll tell you how to make your butter last longer. And then when 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 you paid the money and they sent you the secret, it was just spread it thinner. That was, that was the tip. <laughs> <laughs> when, when when people say to me, what's, what's the secret of managing uh, .co renewals? I'm like, well, it's not rocket science. You just keep less than you would if you were spending those renewals on .co, .com. Um, it, it's just like uh, you, if you are focusing on extensions which have those higher price points, I think that's something to be mindful of is just that renewals stack up really fast. Um, so unless you're willing to just say that, you're buying them, that's a lost cause, maybe you're dumping them after a year, or you're only going to keep um, some of them that you see good traffic or good increase to. I think there's a quite a wide variety of CCTLDs where exactly as Morgan said, they serve or they fit a specific niche. And I think we're starting to see more and more niches which are saying, we take ownership of this extension in the sense of we embrace it uh, within our industry. And then to them, uh, it represents their industry, it represents their niche. And like .gg, the people that utilize that extension are so proud of it that, you know, many of them, I mean, Josh Reason, Josh Reason mentioned this to me, but he's like, you know, there's a whole bunch of these guys that would actually rather have the .gg than the .com because it just fits so well with the niche that they're in. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. So we got .co, we have .io, which we've already heard morgan mentioned .ml being you know, something to go research uh you said .ag .ai .gg yeah i'd say like for anybody that's listening to this that like is just getting started i would say just go with io.com just simplify it right and .com yeah oh. and .com of course no but i mean <laughs> yeah. cctlds yeah, yeah. CCTLDs, <laughs> just just go with .o and .co yes. um yeah. until you i would say like for anybody, go with .io or .co until you make, say, your first $10,000 in profit off of those. And then yeah. once you do that, maybe take half of that profit and reinvest, so 5000 bucks into more IOs and Co's, and then take maybe the other 5000 and put it into you know, the next level of risk you want to take. Like the less risky would be, yeah, like, like Nicholas saying, like uh, .ai, .gg, .vc extensions that have some proof points behind them. And then, you know, further out, there's some risky ones that you can try to bet on. ML is one. Another one that I've been looking at is .ar. Uh, augmented reality is definitely going to be a thing. Uh, and there is no .vr yet. There, there could be in the future, but it doesn't exist yet. It's not a string in the icons released. Uh, or I'm sorry, it's, it's not a, um, an existing CCTL right. or anything. Yeah. They actually can't release it as a... Uh, as a, it have to be dot virtual reality, which is too long. Right. Um, I think dot AR is another interesting one, like dot ML, but only once, yeah, only once someone has actually made money in a proven CCTLD would I, yeah, recommend venturing out. Otherwise, the because what Nichols is so important with CCTLDs, it's so different from dot coms, which is your holding cost can get really high really fast and so if you have what kind of spread are we talking about when you guys say that like it give us a comparison of it doesn't have I mean, to necessarily be exact 
Dot AI is like, what is it, like 150 bucks a year or something or 120 bucks a year or 100 a year? I don't know exactly. Yeah, but. I think around 100 a year. Yeah. Yeah, and versus a dot com that you could probably get it. What? Well, depending if you, I guess, if you had like a domain discount club or something, yeah. it's like eight yeah. bucks, ten bucks, something like yeah. that. Exactly. So for for real, like, I'd say like real beginners in domaining. This is your first year or first two years. Uh, I would almost be tempted to say avoid CCTLDs entirely, oh, especially the repurposed ones, because part of also when you're really early on, I think outbounds and a really crucial part of learning. Um, yeah. And when you're outbounding on anything which isn't .com, you're swimming upstream. Oh, you're yeah. already adding some level of wind resistance or like motion resistance to yourself. So if, and that outbound is essential because we talked about compounding, right? How do you kind of like learn negotiation? How do you keep cash flow moving? How do you keep inventory moving? How do you uh, expedite learning? And outbound does that rather than sitting and waiting. Mm -hmm. So if you're in your first year or two years, yeah, I hate to be the naysayer, but I would almost be like... <laughs> oh, um, yeah, I, and I agree yeah, 100% there, by the way. I think I wrote an article, I think, last week that just said, like, if you're starting out in domains, just tour.coms. Yeah. Unless you have yeah. a bigger budget, then one word's because you have to have a pretty big budget. But if you're starting out, like, just stick with tour.coms until you make... And I, I use that kind of magic number of $10,000, but I think it's a, a relatively good one to benchmark, which is, like, and not $10,000 in revenue, but 10000 in profit. So, like, invest in tour.com until you get to 10,000 in profit, then take that profit and put, you know, half or more back into tour.coms and then maybe the rest you can start to play with. And then with CCTLDs, you can then apply that same logic. All right, well now you've made the profit in.com, you're experimenting with CCTLDs, well then probably start with .io and .co where it's yeah. now, do your first 10,000. If you do it that way, you'll, you'll de-risk yourself a lot. And then the thing to remember is, you know, the average investor sells less than 1% of their portfolio every year if you're looking at inbound. So back to what Nicole's saying, the only way you're going to get above that 1% is with outbound. And holy moly, you you have to start with outbound on .com. Starting yeah. with outbound on .io or .co is not going to make sense because you know you're out uh, .com, at least you can know if like that matches somebody's company or some of their branding around you reach out to them. Like you can kind of know in the back of your head like they definitely want this. And it's probably going to come down to price. With with another extension, you have no idea. You you probably know they want the .com. You're certainly not going to get them to move from the .com onto your extension. So also, yeah, for that point, you know, it's like if you're only going to be able to invest five thousand dollars to get started, you can't just buy two .coms and sit and wait on inbounds. It could take ten years until you get your first ten thousand dollars in profit. You'll have to accelerate that outbound. Yeah, and, and likely to add to that, you know, just to to give a bit of structure to some of these names. So, because the the worst thing that can happen is somebody goes out and they start registering two, three, four words in CCTLDs, and it's really everything that you have in a .dot com, but way more limited. Um, and so, if you're starting or even thinking about starting. And I even hesitate to say, hey, go out and invest in two word CCTLDs. It's really like, oh, yeah, I'll just hey, stick with one word. Yeah. Stick yeah. with one. Oh, yeah. And yeah. see how things, you know, turn out. But the other thing is to stay within context. And so, for instance, you were, we were saying that .co is really, it was what I guess uh, really repurposed as more commercial business. Uh, centric uh, .io is more tech driven mm -hmm. .ai artificial intelligence ml machine learning gg 
gaming. So that's gaming more more space. of a gaming, right? Oh yeah, super popular in the gaming esports space. I think to Nichols' point, like you know, for me, my kind of one of my passions in life is is gaming and esports, and I can tell you there are definitely a lot of companies that don't even care about the .com. They just want the .gg because that extension is so strong in that space. And when you go to a gaming conference, the number of companies that end with GG, it's it's massive. Wow. And what about VC? Because now well, here's what's interesting. So Jason Shepard, yep. so DVDJ Kingpin. So yep. if you put an at in front of that, you'll get, that's his Twitter handle. So started in, or rather not started investing, but invested in a couple of dot VCs and mm-hmm. had a series to where he sold one. It was like almost $5,000. And within 24 hours later, he sells another for Roughly five. Two, two awesome back-to-back sales. Right, right. Yeah. And, and Jason's but, got a great eye for the for words, by the way. Jason's like yeah. one of the people that when it comes to people that can identify like good words to buy, he's he's one of the best. Indeed. And and one of the things, though, that struck me about it was the conversation that began to swirl. So you hit on a great point, Morgan, which is having the eye for that single word. Um, because you know, I mean, it's like going, Oh, I got spaghetti, got dot VC. Nah, bro, you missed it. Exactly. You, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. missed it. Uh, but versus if you had gold dot VC, it's like, okay, mm-hmm. well, no, that's that's actually mm-hmm. something to something to think about. But if you're out there registering amphibian dot VC and all this other stuff, it's like, eh, you you missed the boat. Yes. Yeah. So you really have to understand uh linguistics to a certain extent. Um, or that it should work in your favor when you're registering these. But the thing that really struck me about .VC, which I know, Morgan, you had alluded to that it being venture capital, but then I saw some tweets where people were like, well, maybe it could actually stand for virtual conference. Yeah, and virtual Seeing that we were all in, yeah, Yeah. virtual concert. So how do you make sense of this? Yeah, I mean, you'd have to look at look at if it if that ever takes off. Like right now, ninety nine percent of all .VC sales have gone to venture capital firms. So unless that were to change in any way, I agree that like domain investors can say, "Hey, what if it stands for this?" and they can register terms that would work for virtual conference or things like that. Until anyone in the market takes them up on that, those are super super risky. Right. right. <laughs> yeah, because then it doesn't, it's like you said, like the context doesn't make sense, right? Because there's really two things. One is like, does the context make sense? Because it is context specific with a, with a TLB like that. And the other thing, like I wrote an article this week about vomit.com, which is expiring. <laughs> I don't know if it's, I think it's all, I think the auction's over. But like, it's an example of like, you know, okay, yeah, you can take a like very meaningful, well-known one word.com, but if it's a negative action word mm-hmm. not great right and so that's why i also say like positive action words like if you're going to do one word names in general positive action words win the day right i give the examples all the time of fast shift things like that and you know one one uh like kind of i don't know tip or hack or something that i would give people that want to start buying in, in the dot io or dot co range and want to like really really de-risk for themselves and this will this will definitely um, uh, shrink the pool of, of names they can buy. But if they're buying, you know, expired names, if you can buy a one word that you have the sales data, it's in name bio, it's been on, on, on DN Journal, that it's sold for six figures in .com, then you can buy that in .co.io. You kind of have a built-in part of your sales strategy there where if 
somebody does make an offer, you can go, oh, well, you know, the dot com sold for 150,000. It mm. gives you a chance to ask for more for that versus no sales data on the dot com. But of course, much smaller pool there, but that can do risk that too. All right. I think that's that's a great point. Uh, I've seen a few gaps in that where I think products and EMDs don't necessarily work as well in CCTLDs. Yeah. Yep. Um, but definitely, if you're looking for a word in .io.co, if it has a, you know, if you if it was a .com, it should be at least six figures or it should be at least like, you know, high five figure word. And again, I think when I'm looking at .co and .io, if it's a kind of an... A, a, an SLD which is available in one, there's no point almost paying too much or buying it in the other because they compete, those two in particular compete yeah. so well with each other that you can't necessarily buy the .co, price it at $3,000 if somebody can go and hand register the IO. Exactly. It's almost like if you're ticking off a checklist, you want mm -hmm. to make sure that the .com value would be really high. The alternatives such as the .io or the country cctld like .us, .co.uk, .ca, those are already taken. They're either developed in use or the .net and the .org included are actually priced substantially higher. Yeah. So that then creates a framework within which you're saying, okay, well, I'm looking at this .co is taken in a set number of extensions. The .io is developed. I can see that it's for sale in .net and .com, but those are both like, you know, you, you might know the domain of that actually um, owns the .com and, you know, they ain't selling cheap. So it then creates <laughs> it, it creates a framework, uh, I, I guess, a ceiling or, or, or a range within which to work. I think that's the, when you're looking at pricing and when you're thinking about with CCTLDs, you're thinking about the flow or the thought process that somebody who's buying that, what will they go through? Their, their first step will be, okay, I'm looking for this brand. I want it in the .com. Okay, that's not available or it's too expensive. What's the alternative? And I think CCTLDs also in that space then end up competing with the alternative sat on the .com too. So the get, try, yeah, um, yeah. All, all of the kind of prefixes and the suffixes. And that there's a bit of a path there that like some of those companies like get supply, move across to supply.co or there there is some kind of horizontal or um, there is some movement there to be had. But in general, I think if you're trying to pick a CCTLD or especially if you're buying at auction or in the aftermarket, the more alternatives that are off the table or in kind of an exponential price range, the more position you have to actually price and sell that particular CCTLD. Really good point. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that is that, a great um, point. If you uh, kind of like Nicole's saying, like, yeah, if the it's a it's a bad sign if you think like, oh, this one word dot co or this one dot io, this is such a valuable word. If it's available in the other, it's yep. not. Yes. Like you can you can already know that that's like in your head. It's actually not because but, it's but, really really but, good. But, but 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 Morgan, I can buy it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's a that is a bad sign. And in, in my mind, the best sign is because you do have to put yourself in somebody else's shoes. And so suppose I'm looking at a, a word that I think is a premium word and I'm going to buy it in .io. Uh, my best case scenario is the .co is not just developed, but is being used by a venture-backed startup that is backed by a firm like Andreessen Horowitz or Excel or some big firm because as a founder, you go through this process, and like Nichols, I always hope that it's like a .com owned by some big domain investor that I know is not going to sell cheap, because then I know, okay, that's that's going to have to be later down the road, um, right. or owned by some big company that won't sell it. 
And then I look, and if the, you know, if I'm buying the .io and I look at the .dot .com, it's like cool. It's a company that raised $15 million backed by Andreessen. Because now if you're a startup founder, you want to call your company this, well, you reach out to the .com and they're like, $3 million. And you're like, well, I'm not going to buy that. <laughs> and then you look at the .co and there's a for sale page on it that says you can make an offer. Uh, and then you look at the other extension, whether it's .i or .co, and you go, oh, wow, it's a startup that was like backed by Andreessen Horowitz. It in some ways like validates the other alternative because they're yeah. kind of considered equal in that way. Awesome. And so then kind of looking ahead then, like what do we make of, you know, where things could go with CCTLD investing? Like what what do you all kind of see or predict? What's on the horizon? I think it's going to be really interesting because I think margins are getting squashed. That's the that's the one thing I'm seeing on the horizon for especially .io and .co where Mm. auctions are really hot but i'm not seeing the aftermarket in the sense of end users the price accelerating at the same pace as that so i think where there were huge margins on .io and .co like morgan said some of the great words were early on you could pick them up for like $99 and on .co there were a lot of really good .co's that were available for you know sub $100 in the past i think now those same domains are going in auction and they're going in the thousands, not even in the hundreds. But then when it comes to end user pricing, there are still certain ceilings on uh, CCTLDs and occasionally you get an IO or .co breakthrough, you know, into high five or um, very rarely into kind of like low six, but there's still that ceiling which is there. So as the auctions heat up, I think investors are going to have their margins squeezed on those extensions. So I think part of the future is going to be on those niche-specific CCTLDs that we touched upon where they might fit a niche. And I think there's different investing challenges in those because your audience size is effectively smaller. Uh, your pool of buyers is necessarily is, is not as large as all startups or all kind of anyone who's starting a business. So I think there's going to be some challenges there in terms of how domainers manage their portfolios, you're not going to have huge kind of sell-through rates in some of these CCTLDs. So I think there's going to be, in the future, people are going to need a bit more of a mixture rather than kind of like anchoring against one. But I I also think that we're going to see more people still, maybe this year we've seen a lot more domainers who have always been like .com only, .com forever. And then all of a sudden I'm like, hey, in the auctions, I'm like, I know you. Didn't you say last year that? Uh, um, so I feel like there's more acceptance. Um, and I think that's going to continue on going forward where there, there's going to be more stability around some of these on pricing. There's going to be some new ones emerge where we didn't necessarily all recognize that level of adoption. But, you know, if you keep an eye out on like, you know, all the usual like uh, Hacker News and Y Combinator and Tech Meme and you've you got your eye on the startup scene and you're keeping an eye on, um, I guess, Crunchbase. And if you uh, use any of those kinds of tools and you're saying, OK, well, where are the funding rounds coming in and what types of extensions are startups using? And when they come through kind of uh, some of the accelerator programs, that's kind of a great opportunity to spot, you know, uh, what's getting used. So I'd say in the future, I don't necessarily know. I, I wouldn't be able to pin it on one particular extension doing really well, but I think it's going to be interesting to watch and see what happens. And it's probably, I'd say .com is going to continue to accelerate. That's the one kind of given. But then I think the CCTLDs are going to start to spread and fill a gap where .co and .io prices are almost beyond that target market that they initially served five or 10 years ago. 
Um, so I think there's going to be a whole range of new extensions that will start to fit that kind of 500 to $3,000 range where actually, you know, a really good one word .io um, would be like 10 times that by now. So I think that that will be interesting to watch over the next couple of years. Super well said, Nicole. That's a, that's a tough one to follow up. You said a lot of the stuff I'm thinking. Uh, great minds think alike. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's, I, I feel the same enthusiasm. I mean, I'm just, I, I, I feel every day very, very lucky to be in this industry and to have been able to be involved in it when I got involved and to be involved in it now. And I'm, ex I'm just excited. I'm so excited. I think it's, to me, shocking that we don't have the awareness that real estate investing has and the amount of, because it's, it's probably more similar to real estate investing than stock market investing in a lot of ways. I, and I'm surprised, you know, real estate investing, everyone is a real estate investor or knows someone who is, or like that, that space is so heavily explored. I'm so surprised we haven't hit that point yet. And so I just feel like, holy moly, we are all so lucky to still be in this unregulated, highly profitable space, albeit comes with very, very high risks. But, you know, I, I'm, I'm so excited about what's ahead for CCTLDs. I, I like the, 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 re, the research side of this. Like I have a lot of fun looking at the research and looking at the data. Um, and so I'm super curious, you know, like we, we said a little bit ago, you know, it's all about, you know, we, none of us as investors can pick which TLDs take off. We have no influence over the marketplace unless one of us was actually like famous, which, which, I, which I don't really know anyone that is like famous, famous. Uh, I know some people know famous people, but like none of us are actually, we can't influence things, right? So for us, and what I find so fun about CCTLDs is like .com, it's more about like needle in the haystack, right? Can I find a name that's dropping that nobody else found? Or can I find a name that a company was using and the company went out of business and I reach out to them and I get their .com for less? What I find so exciting about CCTLDs is it's really like market analysis. Like, can I find a market where startups are gravitating towards or certain types of business are gravitating towards and they're seeing traction and more and more people are doing that? And like you said, Alvin, you know, there's over 300 of them. So, you know, it's almost like having the opportunity to mine for gold or mine for a new mineral and find it uh, and then explore and see where that goes. And that's, for me, I've always like, it's the thing I like about um, software companies and about, about running a company is like the, the exploration of new things. And I think that's for me, part of the magic of CCTLDs is the ability to explore something new versus .com is definitely profitable and that's where I'm still putting my money and all that good stuff. But that's not new. There's a pretty well-charted path for what to buy and how to buy and words and all that kind of stuff. But if you want to explore, CCTLDs still have that, that, that magic and they will for a long time, I think. So then what's one or maybe two CCTLDs you, you plan on exploring, like just exploratory? So nobody go out and start buying and blame us and say, well, they what's said. I say, what's I say? People buy, <laughs> buy it, but, uh, but uh, like, yeah, I'll caution people. expect to sell none of them. Uh, the two <laughs> top of mind for me right now are .ml and .ar. Gotcha. Nickel, what about your by yourself? Or rather, actually, before we go to Nickel, like, uh, well, I think you explained why for ML and AR, but for those that may have not have caught that, like why why those two? Yeah, I mean, .ml, I mean, 
I run a machine learning startup. Machine learning is is permeating everything that we do. Uh, it's definitely here to stay. It's not a not a um, machine learning is not like a fad. It's definitely the way that like a lot of our software is going to work going forward. And seeing how well uh, AI did, uh, I think ML has has some good potential. And then AR, uh, it's still early, but I think most people know I'm a pretty big VR fanatic. But I'm also an AR fanatic. It's just still too early for AR. Uh, Apple is coming out with augmented reality glasses. It's a pretty well-known thing at this point. Once Apple does that, when Apple does anything, you know, we talk. I just talked a minute ago about like none of us can affect and 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 change habits or cause trends to take form. Apple is probably one of the most capable companies in the world of creating habit changes, and I believe that. 15 years from now, 20 years from now, we will not have screens on our laptops. We will not have screens on our phone. We will not have TVs in our living rooms. I think we will wear glasses that will project that experience. Not happening next year or in five years, but in 15 or 20 years, I think we're all going to look like dinosaurs for using these screens and buying things with fixed screen sizes. It's all going to happen in augmented reality. And I think .ar is going to be a TLD that definitely benefits as that happens. Still very early though. Like I said, could be 15 or 20 years. So going back to Nichols point about the holding cost, how many do you want to buy if your renewals are 5,000 a year on those names and you're holding them for 10 years for the trend to take off, that might be too, uh, too early. So you, we have to start paying attention to, uh, to use. And especially if you're not selling anything in between that time. Yes. Uh, I mean, because it's one thing to come out of pocket and you place this and you can, you know, you say, hey, I'm willing to put five, 10 grand into something for a 10 year period and it's money that you can afford to lose. But if this is money that you're going to try to pay the next car note or house note, whatever, like Mm -hmm. that's gambling. (laughs) That's not investing. That is just straight up gambling. These are gambling, by the way, like .ml and then .dot. Uh, .ar, like these for me, I look at it as gambling, just in a, a fun market for me to, to gamble and gambling with right. little, maybe a little edge. But you can afford to lose it though. It's, it's not yeah. like I'm anything. To lose it. Yeah. yeah, I think I will lose this. <laughs> yeah, you know, because you're, you're, not, you're not just saying, oh, shoot, if I lose this, we might not eat. Yeah. Um, yeah. You yeah, know, yeah. it's not, it's, it's like if you're at that point, like, yeah, let's step away from the table for a moment. Let's go I have a different conversation. Yeah. Step exactly. away from domaining at that point. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I was going to say, yeah, anyone that says, like, oh, I want to get into domaining because I want to, like, make critical income for my family or I want to be able to pay the rent, I always say, don't do domaining. Do something that's, that's reliable that you know you're going to make money with. The, the, the quickest way to hit that kind of 10k point in domaining is to start with 20k right yeah so it's like, <laughs> <laughs> exactly and, uh, yeah <laughs> spread that butter <laughs> a bit thin a bit thin when we first start out so nickel what about you like so morgan has said ml ar like what are one or two uh cctlds that you have an eye on um, so I think I've I've taken um, positions uh, in a similar way to Morgan in like BCGG um, dot SO where actually I know the relative risk of that kind of capital is like I'm willing to lose it. Um, but I'm also I, I think I'm probably most excited still about dot co. But then also I'm actually excited about IO because it's not necessarily one that I've explored and I've come to it only recently. So I've just started kind of buying and observing and learning in that space. So I'm coming to it at a point where I think it's a lot more 
stable it's a lot more kind of proven so i feel like it's less risky so i'm actually quite uh excited probably about that and i, I i'm normally slower to kind of reach into the kind of these um uh, i guess as an analogy even like if if uh, bitcoin is the dot com it's the most stable it's got the most share of uh, mental awareness and i see a lot of these kind of uh cctlds in a similar space to um alternative cryptocurrencies or alts where like yeah. you know yeah you got huge risk but if they work the payoffs amazing so i think i've parked my capital on the kind of highest risk ones for now and i'm a little bit more excited about exploring some of the ones that are more stable but have that market share kind of ready established but uh, approaching it in a way now where i'm buying smarter or trying to buy and knowing okay this is the market value not having that uncertainty on the market value but focusing more on buying better in those spaces got you i think for me personally there are two that i'm looking at and one of them is is pretty old uh but the the two would be .cc mm, and yeah. .tv um, and so the dot TV, I'm a bit more skeptical about because it's been around the, the, the corner a few times, uh, to say the least, but it's like looking at kind of how things have happened here in COVID to where everybody's at home, like mm. streaming just shot up. I mean, it went to some, you know, to to use a word that has been used quite often this year, unprecedented levels. <laughs> um, it it is shot up, and so dot cc. I I'm looking at it probably more so from a um, so it, I'm a context guy. So obviously dot tv, it makes sense. It's video. Um, you can do a whole lot of things, you know, with it. And I also see things out there like twitch.tv and how people are using it. Mm-hmm. Um, .cc is probably the one that I look at and it makes me think, like I can see so many things from mm-hmm. it, uh, mm-hmm. whether that's Christian church, whether that's cycling club, whether that's cryptocurrency, um, yeah. even credit card. But it's kind mm-hmm. of like you said, Morgan, like, well, we don't necessarily have that influence to make it be one thing or another. Um, But with those options, you know, like it, I, if I'm looking at like a dot G Y I'm like, eh, I'm probably not going to invest in something like that. Cause I want to have more uh, options or variations of options uh, open to me to, to reduce that risk. So those are the two dot CC and dot TV that I'm looking at now thoughts on those two. It's interesting you mentioned .cc, actually. It's like been in my mind because I, uh, I have a friend who runs a startup. They're changing the name of their company, and I'm, I'm helping him get uh, the .com. He went to go, well, he wanted to buy, he had a really weird, confusing thing where he's texting me. He's saying, I'm trying to buy the .co for the word that he wanted. And he's like, and, and Namecheap's trying to sell it to me. But like, then I put it in my car, disappeared, and I'm like, I look, it's like a, another startup that's on it i'm like i think you got something confused like i don't think that they should sale he was like getting confused with the whole thing and so then he's like okay i want to i want to secure the io so i have it and so he actually bought the io for about 3200 dollars. but then he decided to actually go with the dot cc for now because uh they're not he felt like the dot io would be a little bit too like dev centric and they're focusing more on like larger enterprises and so he felt the .cc was more generic, like the .co. They're still going to go with the .com eventually because they have a budget for that. But I thought it was, it's the first time I've ever heard of anybody. I was so confused. I was talking to him, I'm like, really? You're going to, you bought the .io, 
and they actually can register the .cc. And I said, so the one that you paid $3,200 for, you're not going to use. You're just, you just have that now. And you're going to brand on the one that you registered. He goes, yeah, we just feel like .cc, it's more generic. And I'd never heard that. But it's interesting because that happened and it made me think, weird. Uh, and then I, I got a new bike and I bought this super cool under seat bag. Accessorizing the bike has been a very fun thing, by the way. <laughs> it's this bag that's like made in Italy that it like unfolds. And that was on, um, I think this company, I think the company's called Silica. It's like silica.cc. And I, I think I, I didn't even connect it until you said cycling club. Maybe that's what they're using it to mean in that case. But they're like a pretty popular manufacturer of like really cool bike bags, seat bags. So yeah, you made me think, Alvin, I should start competing with you for some .cc names. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm roughly about 60 or so ahead, but... Oh, man, you way ahead um, yeah. I have. Uh, I think I still have one. I a long time ago bought um, genome.cc, which I'll have to look after this if I have it. If I don't, whoever's listening to this is like, ha I'm going to go register that. <laughs> um, and it's not actually a great one to have, but I registered a long time ago. And as for .tv... You know, I've always been on the fence about it. I had .tv names for years and I dropped a lot of them because I just had a very hard time selling them. You know, it's tough because YouTube and Twitch have right. so much power now. I don't know, how, you know, if, if they had not taken off, I think there was a time where it looked like that, the market may be going in that direction. If you're streaming video, you'd want your name or something. You'd start your own essentially like TV network on a .tv. Now, if you look at the most popular you know, streamers on Twitch or YouTube, they, they don't really care about domains. They just right. post their YouTube yeah. channel. And what they really care about is their Twitter handle and having a short Twitter handle that's verified, their Instagram handle, their TikTok handle, which is really interesting because I see on the flip side, there's a lot of domain investors who have like really good domains and they have like a terrible Twitter handle. And I'm like, <laughs> it's weird. You know that like, that's also important. And there's like a, as an, as an influencer, I think a lot of times you're, um, more interested in getting like a really short Twitter handle than a .tv name in that case. But it's, you know, who knows, right? Like there's, there's potential that, that that would take off, you know, going back to what I was saying about trends, you know, you could find that a, a streamer like Ninja or someone who maybe already does this uses .tv to forward to his YouTube page. Right. And if enough big Twitch or YouTube streamers do that, then there could be something there. And it makes me think in in terms of like Twitch, because Twitch is, I mean, obviously Twitch.tv. Um, but then it makes me think about, you know, will folks, you know, register whatever their handle is and dot TV and forward it to uh, you know, their Twitch yeah. channel or yeah. their yeah. YouTube channel. I, and it's like, well, but then the other side of that is too pricing for the because there's a difference in pricing of a dot cc and a dot uh tv you know because tvs are man i want to say there's something like 40 almost 40 yeah it's got a pretty high carrying cost right yeah. right and so versus a cc i think is i want to say it was something like six bucks it may be somewhere in there six to twelve bucks but that's different you know, and it makes you start to think back again when you start talking about forty, fifty, a hundred dollars carrying cost. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Nickel, you said it that you had registered some .co's that you're not going to renew. And so, mm-hmm. how does how often does that happen? So I think with the CCTLDs, that happens to me quite a lot. In that I'm always looking out for um, discount deals and coupon deals. So even .cc, when there was um, a while back a small promotion 
I just picked up like a whole bunch of them, maybe two or three dozen. And then I know that, okay, um, within a year, I might only keep a couple of them. I might not keep any of them. So I think I end up going into CCTLDs a bit heavier when I know that actually the entry point is like heavily discounted. That actually makes me feel less bad about dropping them because I think you, as as domainers you get attached to domains, and then the no. worst thing is as you do more renewals, you get more attached to them because it's like this sunken cost. So I'm he's lying. Feel- he's lying. He's <laughs> like we do not get attached to them. No, we don't. No, we don't. Um, so I kind of feel like when you pick them up heavily discounted you can forgive yourself for dropping them because you don't yet have this attachment formed in the form of sunken cost. That's um, true. So I, I find myself being a r- lot more ruthless for the same name if um, I'd paid like 5 or $10 for it versus if I'd paid 60 to 150 mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I've got to keep this thing now because I paid yeah. that much for yeah, it. Exactly. Um, yeah. And then that, that has its own effect on the portfolio over time because mm-hmm. you end up basically not trimming the right way because you're holding things which have cost a lot up front and also cost a lot per year to renew. Right. Um, so I think with um, .cc, .vc, .gg, a lot of them I've explored at the point when the entry price is cut. And the downside of that is you end up competing really fast with a lot of other domainers who are thinking the same thing. So I'd say if you see something exceptional in a CCTLD, um, it's worth buying outside of those kind of sales or those kind of uh, discount periods. But if you're looking at it to play it from a numbers perspective, um, if you're able to buy it like 5, 10, 20% of the price, your whole numbers change in the sense of what level right. of sell through you need to make, what your profit margin is within a year. You can just approach it as um, a kind of numbers game, a volume game. Uh, so I think half of my portfolio every year up till now has been just churning, churning, churning. Mm. And I think that's where I've experimented a lot more where uh, you just find an extension. It's kind of, you know, one, two, three dollars initially. And then I'll just hammer that. Interesting. And so that, you know, that brings up a question in mind is for both of you, like when you look at a domain name, like how, what goes through your mind? How long in terms of time are you willing to invest in a given domain name? Like, you know, for, for me, for example, if I look at most of the dot-com names I buy, I know I'm going to be in it at least three years. But versus a CCTLD, it's kind of like, I don't know that I really want to make that sort of investment or tie up cash, if you will. So like what goes through both of your minds in terms of how long you choose to invest in a given domain? Yeah, I mean, for me, it's changed over time now as I've kind of taken the approach of, of trying to keep a smaller portfolio. I try to ask myself pretty much uh, I look at it the same way that like VCs do with their investments, which is, uh, Hey, am I, am I okay? If I hold this for, for 10 years, does that, is that still comfortable for me? So I kind of have to tell myself that, okay, if I paid $500 for a name and it's a dot IO name and my renewal cost is 32 bucks a year, like, am I okay? You know, if, if we're in at $800, right for that uh for that name after about 10 years so yeah for me i I kind of factor it in and look at just everything on that on that time horizon that could change over time but that's kind of what i what i bake in now i think i I would love to work towards a point whereby 
I have a much smaller portfolio and everything is a lot longer term hold. And I think that that's the beauty of when you don't need the cash flow, your horizon changes. But at the moment, I kind of structure into four buckets. So the lowest tier bucket I know is just purely for cash flow, and I'm going to drop that within a year. The second tier bucket is probably I'm going to renew at least once. So you're looking at probably a two-year horizon, three max. The next level up, I'm looking at within that maybe five on the low end and 10 on the high end. Even after five, I'm going to get itchy and maybe think about liquidating. <laughs> and then the top tier is like your forever category. Um, so my top, my kind of like tier one stuff is just, I'm not even trying to sell it. I just stick it there and um, wait. Uh, there's there's no effort to kind of like uh, flip it or cash out quick. So I think I'd love to have a higher percentage towards that top category but in times of needing cash flow, the lower categories allow for that kind of churn and burn. And and those are some in just between the three of us, you know, some interesting thoughts and approaches. And uh, we we all have our reasons for you know um, why we do what we do. Obviously, we we're working in three different areas of life, and so it's uh, it's interesting just to hear or contrast between the three. Because um, like you said, I mean, from my my standpoint, I don't necessarily. Yeah, you know, I don't really need the cash flow. I'm I'm not really looking to do a deal, so I'm on a longer um, horizon. Um, in some cases, you know, when I buy a name, it's no big deal to put it on a five year plan, go ahead and renew it out five years, and forget about it. Uh, and then I, you know, I have some of those that are the <laughs> not in this lifetime uh, situation <laughs> to where because why I have kids. Yeah. Um. But Morgan yeah. doesn't have kids. Morgan's yeah. not. You know, and and I go, there's not a right or a wrong, but you have to find what's best for you. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, so to to wrap up with the closing thoughts, um, I mean, what would what would be your advice uh, to someone desiring to even, I guess, dip their toe into uh, CCTLD or just really into domain investing? Like, where should they start? Yeah. I mean, I'll kind of go back to what I said a little bit ago, because I think I've I've augmented this more and more over the years with something as succinct as possible for people getting started, which is, you know, until you first off, never invest any money that you can't lose. Uh, This is not a uh, liquid market like uh, the stock market or like real estate where you can buy, you know, I can buy a house. If you buy a house for $200,000, there's no way that you'll never be able to sell and have to liquidate the house for $2,000. $2,000. Like maybe the house doesn't do as well. The market depresses and you have to sell it for 150000 but you can get your money out of that. But the stock market, same thing, unless you're investing in risky stocks. The main names are very, very high risk investments, especially when you're getting started, you don't know what you're doing. So only invest money that if you lost all of it and never made any money, it would not materially affect your life. And then once you have checked that box, then I would say go.com and .com only until your first 10,000 in profit, you can scale that for you. If you're someone that makes $500,000 a year and 10,000 in profit's not gonna be exciting for you, sure, up level it to your first 50,000 in profit or whatever it is, it should be an amount of money and profit that you make that's like the beginning of what would be meaningful. And then once you've hit that point with .com, then I would say start to go into CCTLDs and just pick what's safe at the time. Who knows? Maybe .io will fall out of fashion. You know, these things can change, right? It could be another 
extension takes off and people don't like .io and people start liquidating them, you never know. So based on the current time you're living in, pick whatever the one or two safest are and do the same thing, 10,000 profit and then invest and then work that way so that when you do get into any high risk strings, uh, you're just playing with profits. I think Morgan nailed that. I haven't got um, much more to add other than um, I'd say also, so limit your exposure, definitely. But um, the other side of what a lot of, I guess, people new to the industry forget is to invest in yourself. So mm-hmm. I would say listen to all the kind of podcasts, um, read all the blogs, um, learn on, I mean, it's harder to separate noise from signal on the forums, but there is a lot of value on forums, on uh, domaining Twitter, if we can call it that. But again, I'd definitely a shout out to Mike Seiger. And I'd say, you know, if your first five, six, $700 investment is in a course, it's probably going to have the highest returns over the length of your longevity in domaining because that then sets out a foundation within which you make all your future decisions. It sets out your framework for your thinking. So I kind of feel like a lot of domainers are shy to invest in themselves, but they're quick to invest a couple of thousand in domain names and then a year or two later say, hey, look what went wrong. So I'd say, yeah, the, the community itself, we're all fairly embracing, right? Uh, we're, all, we're all kind of like uh, willing to learn and willing to help others level up. Um, so I think there's a wealth of knowledge out there. A lot of it that wasn't available to probably all of us when we started, but I feel like it's in a great position now where if you are entering deal or you can kind of leverage that to limit your exposure in the sense of you're going to not make the same mistakes that many of us have made by learning from everyone else. A really good point, actually. And I actually, anytime anyone asks me how to get started, I always say, just go through DM Academy. We're kind of lucky that it's not, you know, going back to this, these analogies that I keep using, you know, real estate, it's like there's a trillion different real estate courses. Stock market, there's a million different stock market courses. Drop shipping, there's a million different drop shipping books. Um, We kind of have one go-to course which is right. DN Academy. That's like the only one that exists. There's lots of ancillary books that are great out there, but as far as a course, there's just like one go-to course. Mike Seiger has done such an excellent job. And yeah, I mean, you will save so much money on wasted uh, domains that you end up dropping just by taking the time to educate yourself. And then remember, kind of like Nicole said when we were starting out, always learning, right? I think that uh, with anything that you do in life, it's just like, if you tell yourself, oh, I know this, I, I'm an expert in this, uh, you can shut off your mind and you can lose your edge, especially right. in this, like domain names. And I've seen people yeah. that thought they really had it. And then it all started to slip away and they started to lose money and they like left the industry. And so I, for me, I like that challenge, but I'm always looking at does everything that I thought made sense about my portfolio still make sense today? Is this performing the way I thought? Where do I need to learn more? Who can I learn from? Where do I get that data? Which is really fun. That's the fun part of this. Yeah, you're, you're always learning. And, it's, and that's also because it's always changing. Last but not least, I mean, is there anything else that you'd like to share with listeners in terms of if somebody wants to get in contact with either of you, um, Twitter handles, emails, how, how best is it to, to get in contact if they have any questions about the show or just uh, domain investing in general? Um, yeah, I, I can be reached on uh, Hypernames on Twitter, so at Hypernames, and also on uh, NamePros as Nicole Sangvi. Um, so yeah, feel free to reach out. Um, I think yeah, uh, I'm always kind of willing to 
help anyone that's kind of like wanting to learn and I think has that appetite to learn. So if anyone has any questions, yeah, definitely feel free to reach out. Yeah, for me uh, on Twitter, anything domain related, some people know that some people don't. I have two, two Twitter accounts, one for domains and <laughs> one for normal me. Uh, so if you want to talk domains, it's Morgan, M-O-R-G-A-N dot spelled out D-O-T uh, Linton uh, at Morgan.Linton. If you want to talk about startups and venture funding and things like that, that's my normal name, at Morgan Linton. Either way, if you want to email me, uh, super simple, ml at hey.com. Awesome. Well, with that, we're out of time. So Morgan and Nickel, thank you again for joining us today and sharing your entrepreneurial journeys in CCTLD and domain investing in general. Oh, thank thanks, you so Alvin. much for having yeah. us on. Yeah, Alvin, really appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, that was awesome. Thank you, Alvin. Yeah, super fun. Yeah, certainly. And thank you listeners for tuning in to Kickstart Commerce, where we share search marketing and domain name strategies to help grow your business. Please subscribe to this podcast via iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, Podbean, or however you choose to listen. Last but not least, please visit kickstartcommerce.com to subscribe to the newsletter sharing tips and tricks about the disciplines of digital strategy. Thanks. And that's all for now.